there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. At IKEA, your dream home is a blue bag away. No matter the size of your space or budget, we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality. And now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products, bringing the dream home is even easier. Like the gray strandum wing chair, was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. Welcome to TV Concierge. I'm Juliet Littman. I'm joined by my colleague, Chris Ryan. Hi, Chris. Hi, Juliet. We are here, as always, to help you navigate the vast streaming landscape. And today, our journey takes us to the Valley of Apple TV, where we will be discussing Little Voice, the latest musical show from the mind of Sarah Bareilles and the producerial tree of the one and only J.J. Abrams. Chris. How would you describe Little Voice? I would describe it as a grounded fantasy, if that makes Mm. sense, which is that I think it has its roots in a realistic uh, experience, but is definitely presented in an almost like fantastical way, by which I mean, it's like, it's vision of everyday New York artists trying to make it, and musicians trying to, to make it, seems to be happening in a like other dimension. But that being said... Uh, obviously a passion project for everybody involved. Borellis, J.J. Abrams, Jesse Nelson, who I think uh, is one of the creators on the show. Like many Apple shows, I am not exactly sure who it's for. And I am always, with these shows, kind of curious as to the ver- what the version would have been had they made it somewhere else. Sure. That's a great, great point. So I'll just say, you're right. The creator is Jesse Nelson and the original music by Sarah Bareilles. And she's one of the EPs, as is J.J. Abrams. And it's about a young woman named Bess, who is an aspiring musician who um, is like just like writing songs all the time. And in the meantime, like tutoring people and try, trying to get by in the city of New York. And her artist cave where she retreats to write her music is a storage unit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I guess at like Manhattan Mini Storage or who or whoever. But or seems wherever. to also house many artists working yes. on film projects or whatever. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's like, like almost like, like a rehearsal space, but it seems like a public storage facility. Yes. And this show reminded me of many shows, or it had pieces of many shows that I loved in the past. I think the JJ Abrams sauce. And its portrayal of New York reminded me a lot of Felicity, a lot. And the storage unit reminded me a lot of Dexter, which was where he where he did many of his killings in that show. Um, and then I don't know if you've watched the Infinite Playlist show on Z- Zoe's NBC. Infinite Playlist, yeah, yeah, Zoe's Infinite Playlist, starring the God Peter Gallagher, although he doesn't get to talk much. Um, it reminded me a little bit of that, and I think there's just like a lot of questions I have about this show, which. 
I will definitely watch because the music of Sarah Bareilles is excellent. As um, you probably know, if you listen to her, her studio albums, or if you listen to the music of waitress, which is an internationally popular musical adapted from the film of the same name, starring Carrie Russell, Felicity connections are everywhere. And my first question, Chris is like, how would you describe the vibe of the show? Because I think that's the weirdest part about it. Dreamy. Dreamy. Yeah. Interesting. Dreamy, like, you know, scenes that take place in subway stations that are bizarrely clean, you mm-hmm. know, like, yes. uh, that's cent- the felicity of it. Central Park at 74 degrees with no humidity and, uh, <laughs> immaculately tailored, uh, outfits on people who are working really hard jobs. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. a kind of like a crisp, almost Disney-ish like surreality to all of it. And yet like has its charms. Like there's a, like you mentioned the JJ Abrams sauce. I think that's mostly found in the pitter patter of the dialogue back and forth. It has like that kind of um, like go the, the dialogue that comes out of like people sort of improvising and then writing down their improvised lines in a weird way where it, it, it everything is kind of witty and knowing, but also very sensitive and very caring. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And I guess that's just something that's something that you probably have insight into as a television expert and host of The Watch and mm. friend of and friends with Andy Greenwald. What does it mean for someone like JJ Abrams to be the EP of this kind of show? Because I feel like I'm giving him like a lot of credit yeah, and a lot I of mean, involvement. I think it, it, it can, but maybe it can he doesn't vary. deserve it. It can vary. I mean, it could be something as simple as he gives notes on episodes or attaches his name to a project with a creator that he believes in and allow and shepherds it through certain deal making aspects of it. Or you yeah. could be involved in like you should cut this and put this back in, and this is how it should feel and look and everything else. So different showrunners or different executive producers, and they they attach different sort of weight to projects. I think with this one, I'm curious whether or not you found yourself moved by it because I definitely think it's a pretty emo show. It's yeah. de- it's definitely like playing a lot of heartstrings. It kind of missed for me, but I'm curious for somebody like you, a New Yorker who loves musicals and loves the city, like did it did it play on any of your heartstrings? I was so distracted by the fact that it clearly was filmed on some various sound stages that it was hard for me to be like, oh, this really nails it. I think compared to some other shows that we've really enjoyed lately, like versus like compared to like a high fidelity or a love life, mm-hmm. which felt a lot more of a piece of the city it was trying to portray. This felt like much more in like a snow globe. And it it felt very um, it doesn't look it in terms of like the lenses and the way it was shot, but it's it, the vibe of it was very 90s to me. And I think that it felt like a throwback show that maybe could have been more popular at a previous time. I think it's really hard to do the musical television show. Like mm-hmm. Glee obviously had a, a lot of success um, when it was on. But I, I think since then, like the musical TV show is just almost impossible to nail in an earnest fashion. I can't think of an example where it really worked outside of like a singing competition show. And people have tried. And I think every time they, it's gotten off the ground, like Jason Kadem's had that show a year yeah. or two ago with Josh Radner about the choir, right? Or yeah. was that like a musical theater troupe? Like, it was a musical theater show. Uh, I don't remember the name. But Rise yeah, was that, or something like that? Yes, it was called Rise. Um, uh, they're, all, all those shows are either called Rise or Shine. Uh, <laughs> Rise, Shine, Raise Your Voice, those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, and yeah, I think you're right. I think that... It, it speaks to a larger issue with music now where I think that everybody has like a sort of baseline awareness of a lot of different kinds of music, but essentially likes what they like and has the ability to kind of access what they like at their fingertips. So going to TV to find new music that you like or to have your musical tastes ratified is kind of an outmoded 
way of doing it. I know the voice is still popular and, and some of the singing competition shows are still popular. And I think that this show is trying to tap into that. What if the woman working behind the bar was the next Sarah Bareilles? Right. Magic? Yeah. It's funny because it reminded me of Coyote Ugly in that way, which was also like a very like sort of like aspirational and idealistic version of New York and of like a woman working behind the bar while also being a songwriter. And I, I think that Sarah Bareilles is like completely one of a kind in my mind. Like, I feel like in a different era, she could have been Diane Warren. And maybe even before that, she could have been like Carol King or, or something, probably more akin to Carol King, honestly. Um, but her career is completely singular and I, and I really admire it. I really enjoy her music and I like her as a person, but I think to like base a show that's supposed to be like somehow many people can connect with in any way close to her experience or like her type of songwriting it's just like impossible because I, I think she's like a true unicorn. It's so funny. Like she's, she's been through so many different phases of the music machine and she's incredible. I, I like really admire her. I say this all with love, but like, I just feel like her, her experience is not comparable to anything. Like she's just Sarah Brellis. Well, maybe it would have been a little bit. And I, I, you know, I don't know how much of it is based on her life. Cause a lot of, I the, don't think a ton, the, but like the, she's the like tension, the tension of the show is that, uh, this woman best is, is uncomfortable performing her own material and especially right. live on stage. And there is a moment in the first episode that you expect to be like Matt Saracen throwing the touchdown and she just crashes and burns. And it is that it is a nice unexpected moment of like, Oh, it's going to be harder. She's not just going to become a star in the first episode. Like this is going to be tough, but I almost wonder whether like it should have just been more of a autobiography of Sarah Bareilles. Yeah. And by the way, again, that's the plot of Coyote Ugly. She's scared to perform her own music. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a kind of an X factor to the show, though, which we need to discuss, which is the love interest. His name is Sean Teal, I believe. He's playing a man named Ethan. He just pops up in the storage unit recording space. And then he's sort of like, oh, han- handsome British man. Come to New York. And this is this is now a trend. I think we can say definitively that like, three this is, is a trend, like a even if two of them are played by the same guy. So why don't you tell everybody what you're talking about? Kingsley Benadier plays, I believe his name is Mac on High Fidelity. Yes. And then he plays, I just won't say which, but he plays definitely the best love interest in Love Life. And that's controversial. Um, well, I guess in it's not, case. actually. It's not, man. It's not, Come yeah. On. Versus Come Magnus on. and Augie, I guess it is really. He's number one. It's definitely not Magnus, that's for sure. You know, the only person in competition in Love Life is uh, Danny Two Phones. Love Danny Two Phones. <laughs> anyway, um, so we got Kingsley Benadier in two great uh, streaming rom-coms. And then we have this this guy. We got Sean Teal as Ethan. And, Devastatingly I mean, handsome, ambiguously, you know, British... British, but just kind of like not really making a big deal about it and just sort of like Mm -hmm. living in New York. And uh, yeah, and uh, like artistically minded, seemingly like well off, but not really, it's not really clear what's going on there. Yeah. Insanely hot, but not intimidating at all. Like just sort of the handsomeness is, is so implicit that it's just like not even a talking point. But of course, it's the only thing when he first comes onto the screen. It's it's a great trend. I, I'm absolutely here for it. If this is like def- the defining archetype of the streaming rom-com male lead, I, it's certainly an improvement over Hugh Grant for me. I absolutely am loving it. Well, then that's worth the price of admission alone. It sure is. I, I think Little Voice, if you like musical television, if you like musical anything, like check out an episode or two. It's just fascinating. I think Apple TV just still just trying to figure out what they're doing. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you want to know what? Shout out to Sarah Bareilles. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll have more TV concierge tomorrow. <laughs>